Welcome to Podcast 17. Dance has power, like other art forms, to move us to emotion. These emotions provide powerful memories. The movement becomes a symbol that provides deep meaning and purpose to our history and our evolution. It frames the concept of how we define dance, how we understand dance, and how we give purpose to the creative, meaningful qualities of dance. Over the centuries of time, villages, tribes, communities, cultural groups, and friends have all experienced lasting bonds as well as finding the healing qualities through movement itself, the therapeutic aspect of the body in motion. Hey, Wendy, still in Texas with me, and we're doing this follow-up podcast about your favorite topic and... My second favorite topic, dance. Yes, it is one of my favorite topics um, because it is so comprehensive. It is so universal. It is a language that truly connects people. And And, I just love it. What's so fun, listeners, is what I read for the intro is from Dr. Wendy's book that she wrote several years ago for, for for the university level, for... Tell them the title of the book. So the title was called The Culture of Dance, Mm. The Power to Create, Connect, and Master. And so I was basically, it was an anthology-based textbook for a university dance history type class. But I wanted to tell it from the the story of of dance, Mm -hmm. like the all the different qualities that bring dance and why people dance and what they dance about and those sort of things and so from the anthropological aspect I gathered several different excerpts from chapters and and uh, books and things like that to capture that journey of of what I saw as dance being a powerful medium and a powerful tool as well to be therapeutic and I, I especially love the last line which has become one of the mantras in our in our podcast the last line in what I read the therapeutic aspect of the body in motion and that's something that we here at the indigo tent we find very important energy in motion the body in motion mm-hmm. the mind the emotions all tied together they need motion to create positive energy not negative energy. Yeah, and the motion allows the negative energy to dissipate. Right. Uh, so that you have space for that, for what you want to replace it with. And that, yeah, that idea of the body in motion is like when you take your body in motion, you're also taking your soul in motion mm. or your higher self, if you will. And then by taking that time to reflect, you know, now you're, you've got the body, body, mind, soul experience say that five times i know (laughs) so body mind and soul connected or bodies yeah mind body soul connection Mm -hmm. however i think that's why i love yoga so much because and it's a toss-up for me what's my favorite topic yoga or art i'm not really sure art history specifically love paintings as you all know they can both be i'm a nerd for that but when when i decided to start practicing yoga on my own back in 1997 i 
I loved yoga because it feels like a dance to me. It's, um, you know, we can find any form of exercise that works for our personality and our body type. Mm-hmm. Well, not I think anybody can do any type of movement. So, but let's be honest, if you're going to be a ballerina, you're going to have a very specific body type. Yes. But as Jessica Stanley, a, a yoga teacher out of the New York City area, will, will attest to, she is a large african-american woman and she makes no apology for wearing a bikini type of outfit (laughs) when she's doing yoga um, because the body needs to move no matter what size yep and so back to my thoughts about yoga for me it's a it's a very it's it's obviously very therapeutic on so many levels but it's also tapping into my higher self every time I get off the mat after a class whether I'm teaching it or participating in it I feel better spiritually and physically and emotionally well yes absolutely because you've done the the essentials that the body needs to do in yoga which is to breathe Mm -hmm. to to push yourself stress stress through flexibility you know you're stressing your muscles a little bit and asking more of them and then also it's like a moving meditation mm-hmm. so now your mind is involved in how are you feeling about you know let's say you're you're in a pose you're holding that pose do you focus on oh this hurts or you're focusing <laughs> on uh, where's my alignment where's my breathing where is my focus and it just I, I you know I found over the years of also doing yoga that it just really helps you kind of regroup your yourself. Right. I know I wrote some of my my better assignments in my PhD when when I was, had just done a little short yoga class and got my better best grades. So it was like there's definitely something to hmm. that connection. That's interesting. We could do a whole podcast on that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The, the brain and body connection from yeah. just breathing and alignment. Huh. Okay, so talk to us about dance, the history, the, the um, we touched on that in our little intro, but the history behind the, ex- the human experience of dance. Mm. I think, well, to go back to my own college experience is when I, I mean, I kind of discovered some forms of dance in high school, but for me, where I really felt like I discovered uh, the bigger picture of dance was in college when I was performing with both, both a folk dance and traditional group as well as a ballroom dance group. And in the traditional dance group, we got to go to um, Europe and participate in dance festivals uh, you know, all over. Uh, let's see, we were in Germany, Spain, France. We had a day in Amsterdam, which is where we flew into. And uh, for me, it was it was just this idea that that I was participating in movement in in a connection to the people around me that had been done in remote villages all over, and that I was somehow connected to that legacy that I was actually experiencing a part of a culture by what we danced about and and the story behind the dance. And so it was just, you know, it has a very 
deep place in my heart and I get emotional. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. Because it's still there. But, uh, you know, in a way, it literally changed my whole life direction. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, just this idea of, of really you can learn so much about a people in their culture by looking at their dances. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for for many cultures, before before writing was invented or before they had a way to preserve their, their culture and pass on those traditions to each generation, they did that through oral tradition, both in art, mm-hmm. in writing, mm-hmm. well, not writing, but in Story, art, and in storytelling, storytelling right. um, and, and through dance. Mm-hmm. And so you look at many of the traditional dances and they are, they are telling the story of the saga, of the, the journey of this culture. And they are preserving those cultural traditions. Mm-hmm. And so in a way, it's kind of sad that we don't do more mm-hmm. of this folk dancing because you, what are our traditions? Right. What, are our, what are our cultures? Do we really know? You know, and one thing Wendy and I talked about, have been talking about the past few days is where do we still get to dance? And weddings—that's the most obvious. And and a wedding is a great celebration of two people coming together, two families coming together. We recently watched uh, Netflix. I think it was on Netflix. Um, it was a movie um, called Unorthodox. It was a series of four shows, I believe, and it's mm-hmm. and it's based off of a memoir of a young woman who left a Hasidic lifestyle in Brooklyn, New York, and um, ended up going to Germany. And it was a troubling story. And from that, I ended up watching documentaries about the Hasidic Jews. And I noticed that each time I watched a documentary or an actual movie, like this one, Unorthodox, they always have a wedding scene. Yes. Right? And um, this particular one that Wendy and I watched the other night was Oprah interviewing these people. And we think possibly 10, 15 years ago, um, she interviewed a Hasidic couple and that was allowed into this community that is is very, um, not secretive, but they're very careful about who they allow in. Well, anyway, in this documentary, they showed um, the portions of various couples' weddings and then the dancing. And the men and women are separated in this... um, whatever venue they they chose to have the the wedding reception in but um the celebration that was occurring through the dance was phenomenal and i always love to say i'd love to go to i like to go to jewish weddings or catholic weddings because they're going to (laughs) party they're going to have fun they're going to celebrate and there's going to be dancing yeah and then i'm glad you mention that because there's there's partying where everybody gets obnoxious right and then there's that truly that joyful celebration Celebration. of these groups coming together and the best way to do that is is sorry for all the other art forms but truly the the most connected way to create this community Mm -hmm. is through dance through dance Uh, especially the traditional dances like in the jewish weddings you would pretty much always see a Chava Negila, mm-hmm. right? It's it's similar to some of the Greek uh, aura dances or hora dances. And, you know, there's a circle. 
that represents eternity. There's exactly. everybody's connected through <laughs> yeah. their, you know, with their hands. And they're all doing the same fairly simple repetitive step. And you see, you just, there's, there's, I can't even describe the feeling that you get when you are dancing with this community of people and everybody's doing more or less the same step and you're all literally moving in unison. Mm -hmm. It is just like so needed. Right. And so it's instead of body in motion, it's bodies in motion. And so think about that. If, If we're creating energy as an individual when we move, especially through dance, then if you hold hands and you do a very simple community-oriented step with several other people, now it's bodies in motion and then it's mind, body, and spirit coming together and creating harmony. And that's what Wendy and I created this podcast for. We want to share stories and examples of harmony, body, energy in motion and harmony in action yes and and that's how we connect with our higher self Mm -hmm. definitely you know because it's like it's hard to find a scene when you're all dancing in unison Mm -hmm. whether it there where there is not joy exactly right okay the chicken dance so we talked about the chicken dance (laughs) the other night um and we all know the chicken dance i i I did it with my fifth third graders my fifth graders when i taught school you do it typically at at any wedding and it's so simple and silly but um it's so goofy you'll love to hate you you love it and hate it at the same time (laughs) right but it brings people together yeah and then we get out onto the dance floor and we move and yes. we look at each other in the eyes, and we've got, you could just see people erupting in laughter, especially if the faster and faster it gets. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and that's one reason I really like um, the group Brave Combo, which is from my hometown of Denton. Uh, their version of it does get faster with each verse. Mm-hmm. And I used to torture all my college students with it back in the day when I taught that course. I said, you know, if you can get through this, you can get through anything else dance-wise and it's probably true. in life too. It's true. Because here they are, you know, the first the first aspect is, you know, you're basically imitating, I think it's a duck. They call it a chicken, whatever. Yeah. When When I first discovered it in Europe, in 1981, I was, that's the summer I was there in uh, the performing group, and we kept hearing it all over the place, and then finally, you know, somebody explained that this, they called it the birdie dance, and at that point, that was the international folk dance of the year commemorating the brotherhood of the international language of music and dance. Love it. Right? So, of course, you that know, how can you all. not like yeah. it, right? <laughs> Well, so then I would, I would, you know, do that one first with the college students, partly as an icebreaker, mm-hmm. because yeah. you know I would take them into a, a gym or a lab, and they're and I'm just like I'm going to teach you some dance steps, <gasps> you know. Mm-hmm. So all those those um, self sabotaging, you know. Well, stories come in their minds oh I don't dance right. I can't dance I got two love feet or yeah. I need to have a beer before I can dance right. blah 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 right all um, the excuses and I'm like I've heard them all and yeah. 
And no, that that wasn't true for you when you were three. So yeah, why is it true? You know, why did you change your story? Right. <laughs> right. But basically, it was kind of <laughs> like, okay, we're gonna do this absolutely idiotic dance, uh-huh. so that you can just kind of get over that initial um, angst about mm-hmm. moving. Right. And, and fear of of being judged. Right. That, that's in there. Yes, absolutely. Because we do judge. Right. Unfortunately. And some people can dance and some people can't um let's be honest but we can all move but we can all move that's exactly right and we can all move to music right (laughs) (laughs) and that's how i got around it right (laughs) well so so here we are we're imitating this little to me in my mind it's a little duck right you know quacking and flapping the wings and waddling the tail and and then the brave combo version of it gets faster and faster and faster so you know, the first verse, everybody's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm so humiliated that I have to do this dance. But then as it gets faster and faster, they're all just like cracking up, trying to keep up. Mm-hmm. And then it just erupts into joy. And all of a sudden you see that a room full of strangers are now friends mm-hmm. or at least connected and mm-hmm. laughing. And, and we've created a community. Right. We've created a community. I think of my own wedding my mother hired a band that um, turned out to be some musicians that Gary ended up knowing. And we had... They Your husband, played, Gary. Right. And they had <laughs> great... They played They played really well. They had a great selection of songs. And it was fun watching all these ages come together and dance because I, I had seen that at a few other weddings in my life. But now here it is, my own wedding, and I'm watching his family, my family, all coming together. And there's one picture the photographer took where Gary and I are are doing some type of a waltz. And, um, well, we have that waltz hold with each other. Yes. Right? And then my parents are also, you know, arm in arm in that typical stance, you know, husband and wife. And this picture is Gary and I looking at my parents. And, and it was that moment of pure joy and thankfulness and gratitude that they had thrown such a wonderful, beautiful party for me. And it was, it was a sweet moment um, that yeah. I will always cherish. Always. Absolutely. And then my son, my oldest son, Matthew, and his beautiful wife, Megan, they got married in... Oh, 2005-ish, I think. <laughs> and um, I should know, but right now I don't off the top of my head, but I think that's right. And they created a beautiful um, ceremony. My cousin married them, and then we had a wonderful reception, sit-down dinner and all that, and they had a, they had a DJ. And the music selection was wonderful. Mm-hmm. And um, I danced with my father-in-law at that wedding. Um my father, at that point, movement was rather hard for him. Of course, he was still alive and with us. But I remember dancing with my father-in-law. And there's a photo. And we both have the biggest smiles ever. And my father and, and I, father-in-law and I, he was a, another difficult man in my life. <laughs> but at that moment, we came together. We put aside our differences. And, um, yes. and we were able to celebrate my son's wedding. And that was a lot of fun. And then Megan wanted to have a Congo line. And oh, fun. That was so much fun. And then obviously. Dun, 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 dun. Right. And yeah. so what culture does that come from? Well, it, 
variety. It, we, we started seeing it a lot in the U.S. in the 50s. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was kind of when you'd hear more of the Caribbean and Latin music started uh, becoming more popular in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And I, you could find that being a similar dance being done in parts of the Caribbean and parts of Africa, where probably it's more of its roots are. Right, that makes sense. And I just remember looking around at this train of people. Everybody got up and danced, um, and and we were moving. We were all moving, and we were following Megan. And that was that was truly a, a really sweet moment. Yes. You know, and I've done Congo line dancing variety of times, but that will always stand out as a, as a favorite memory. Right, because it, it truly, it's it's like the dance that is so simple that everybody can do it, and you're all creating that sense of solidarity mm-hmm. and community, mm-hmm. unity in the community. Right, back to that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about some moments with your higher self segment. What do we want today to talk about for you listeners, for your exercise and your activities? Well, energy and motion. That's obvious, right? I want to take it a, a step further for you. When So these are some things that we've come up with that we, we'd love to see you do. Energy and motion. Remember Wendy talking in another podcast about walking and talking with yourself or possibly crying? <laughs> um, add on to that. So when you take a walk, which is such a simple activity and such a great way to exercise and get some energy and motion, try to be aware of your spine as you're walking and I'd like you to try to walk at at least a mile to just really give yourself a chance to work out the kinks and get that spine in get some awareness of your spine and how it's moving and there's three things I want you to do I want you to lift your pelvic floor as you're walking I want you to have a long stride as you're walking so that you're really stretching the hamstrings. And then the third thing is I want you to tune into your breath and try to figure out a nice stride pattern with maybe inhaling four and and, um, try to hold it for two or three, four seconds, and then exhaling four. And work up a pattern of breathing and moving coordinating it together so three things lift the pelvic floor and just can you describe what that sensation is like and what muscles are involved and while you're walking how do you um yeah how do you get that sense of lifting right so in lifting the pelvic floor if you're familiar with kegel that's how it's pronounced kegel exercises so um tightening um in a female it would be tightening the muscles at, at, um, at the vagina and pulling that lift up, lifting up from the pelvic floor and tightening the sex organs. So in a man, the perineum, the and, and it's the same on a woman, the space um, between the anus and the vagina in a woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Getting technical now on our podcast. Yes. And then for a man, between the scrotum Right. And mm-hmm. um, and again, the anus. Yes. Yeah. So I kind of visualize the idea of like I'm trying to lift my bladder, mm-hmm. you know, upward. And, and what muscles would you engage. innately engage mm-hmm. when you're trying to p- 
pull your bladder higher up in your body. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And when I'm teaching a class in yoga, I don't go into that description with the body, that much of a description with the body parts, but I will say to lift your pelvic floor and almost like it's a, like it's an elevator ascending Mm. and then see if you can hold it. And then as you exhale, you want to relax, um, and give the muscles a break. That's really important. We don't want to always contract the muscles. They have to have that back and forth. Um, Keeps that elasticity. Right. And then the hamstrings. If you're really getting a nice long stride, you're stretching those hamstrings, which get shortened because we sit so much. Mm-hmm. I also think about the and the, the, the psoas, the and the groin area. Yeah, you know the hip flexors, yep. if you will, where that for me is what gets uh, also very tight. Mm-hmm. Because again, we're sitting, and so we're shortening those muscles that connect the lower half to the top half of our body. And then the breath. The breath is extremely important. We tend to do, we've talked about this in other podcasts, we tend to do short, shallow, fight-or-flight breathing. So be aware, tune into the breath as you're walking. Awesome. Yeah, that's, there's your assignment number one, energy in motion. And, and then as we've talked about and will continue to talk about, um, each one of the elements of harmony has specific activities that support that element. Mm-hmm. And so as we go through our next few sessions, we will kind of break down each one of the, the harmony elements. So, for example, wisdom, you might reflect on something you've recently read or mm-hmm. uh, expression. You might, uh, again, you might think about writing something um, getting your voice out at least on paper mm-hmm. uh, or maybe in your own private conversation and think about how you would like to say something before you're in that moment. Mm-hmm. And then just to put a plug in for our next podcast, it's all about expression and journal um, uh-huh. journaling. So, so stay tuned for the next episode. <laughs> yes. And then, you know, and then with creativity, you might, uh, you might just, try to do a craft. Maybe it's you learn a new dance. Maybe you learn a new hobby or maybe mm-hmm. you practice or sewing. Or, you know, who knows? It could be a variety of things. Maybe learning a new recipe or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, cooking. Yes. yes. Always. And then empowerment, of course, you know, we're biased towards dance, but <laughs> we are. But, you know, empowering your your body's ability to take care of itself mm-hmm. and, and also your own goals and directions. Mm-hmm. And then wisdom. Um, nope, said that one. Inspiration. Inspiration. You know, and that for me is is trying to find things that in, lift up your soul mm-hmm. or inspire your soul. Or, um, you know, for me, it's like I know when my soul is being touched because apparently I have a lot of fluid that needs to be re- <laughs> come out so I know I get my throat gets choked up and or I get a few tears and that's how I know that I'm really being touched all the way down to my soul to the the heart of your being to the core Mm -hmm. and and those are important because those are the activities in all of these different areas that is what truly fills up our cup Mm -hmm. so that we actually have something to share with people to give back right so there is your moment with your higher self. Mm-hmm. And we look forward to the next time in the tent. Yes. 
Love these conversations. And we so appreciate you listeners. Take care. Have a good have a great day. Toodaloo. Bye. We hope you've been uplifted by this episode. Please help us uplift others by sharing, subscribing, and reviewing our show. Join in on the conversation by adding your insights and transformations in the comments section. See you next time.